What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. If you want to be successful, look inside. We don't like sitting in the discomfort. Then all of a sudden that day came when I got 20 bucks and two free drinks to do a show, and I was like, oh, shit, here we go, baby. <laughs> Thank God she hasn't caught a chicken yet. Don't <laughs> be soft. That patience is key. If all my friends are winning, then it's gonna make me want to win more. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweated Out Podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest. The reason why I'm saying very, very is because I, I, I know Josh can agree that this person has had an impact on our podcast journey personally. And um, has really helped us to become where we're at today with his information. So, guys, he is, first off, a husband, a father, entrepreneur, host of the Passive Income Podcast, co-founder of SwitchPod, the advisor to ConvertKit, Teachable, and Lead Pages. Please help us welcome the one and only Pat Flynn. What's up, brother? What's up? <laughs> Thanks Woo! for having me. What an intro. Appreciate that. <laughs> Glad to hear, man. No, and, and of course, man, we've been looking forward to this. And, um, you know, it's it's like Josh was saying, it's, it's really incredible, you know, the impact that you've been able to have on us and, you know, how we've been able to deliver this podcast and, you know, have the success we've been having, you know, now and, of course, moving into the future. Yeah, for those well, for those people who, uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but for those people who, you know, probably don't know, uh, we took Pat's podcast course power up podcasting and and you know that you know really set us down a, a quality path that we felt confident in in order to be able to you know build what we've built here today so you know we'll start off by saying thank you Pat. yeah brother yeah well i just wanted to congratulate you up front here and it's just always an honor when i could uh you know be on one of my students podcasts it's just such a proud moment and to see what you've done with it to take it even further and to reach and impact the people that you have um, and the people that you're going to I mean, this is why I do what I do, and, and I'm glad to see you continuing to keep those ripples spreading forward, right? So just well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I know that you have, you know, quite a few podcasts. I've taken your affiliate marketing podcast or your affiliate marketing course as well. You know, that's phenomenal. What made you. you, What you know, what made you want to get into podcasting in the first place and then eventually get into, you know, building out your own courses? Yeah, it was actually another podcast that changed my life. And so I always knew that, hearing somebody's voice and uh, getting that instruction and more importantly, that motivation could really change a person like it's changed me. Uh, I want to give credit to Jeremy and Jason hosts of the internet business mastery podcast, which is what I listened to right around the time I was getting laid off from my job in 2008. I was an architect, thought I was going to do that for the rest of my life, got let go. Uh, and that was a really tough time for me, but this podcast I listened to really got me out of that rut and also onto a new path to discover what my superpowers were and how I could use the internet to, grow something special. And uh, my first business was helping people pass an architectural exam. And it was all thanks to internet business mastery. And so now that I have had some success online, I wanted to pass that forward. And I knew what better way than with my own voice, like Jason and Jeremy did for me. The funny thing was, though, at the end of 2008, I uh, had a website, a blog, Smart Passive Income. And I declared to the world that I was going to start a podcast. And I was getting everybody ready. I bought all this equipment. And my first episode didn't come out until a year and a half later after I made that announcement. Because every time I started, I was like, oh, this is hard. I'm going to go back to blogging. Oh, I'm going to be embarrassed. Let me go back to writing because it's a little bit easier. Um, I only wish I just kind of got over that fear sooner because uh, it's definitely impacted and taught a lot of people. And I, I feel like I missed out on a lot by just letting myself get in my own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. We, 
you know, we had talked about doing a podcast for or starting our own podcast for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half and just like never made it a priority. Right. And it's something always took more precedent and, and we mm-hmm. kind of feel the same way. Like, oh, if we had just, you know, may, thought of it as something that we would find beneficial, not only for ourselves, but, but for our audience, you know, maybe we would, you know, be even farther than we are today, but we've been, we've been pretty blessed. And, uh, you know, the pandemic really kind of kicked us in the butt and said, you know, Oh yeah, we have the time now. So let's go ahead and start doing it. No excuses. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic this uh, year or this past year has been really tough for a lot of people. And although it was for a different reason, I got let go during the Great Recession in 08 for, you know, there was different kind of things happening. But uh, like this past year, a lot of people got let go and I had to uh, go back to what it was like and remember what it was like to empathize with those who are going through that right now as far as getting laid off and losing their jobs and not knowing what's going to happen next. And uh, it really helped me make new connections with people this past year. And uh, like yourself, a lot of people leaned into the opportunities that came about. I think that was the question I kept asking people was just, well, what does this now make possible, right? We can always ask, well, um, you know, wh- how is this negatively going to impact us? And we often default to that. But I, I, I rather focus on, okay, well, although this is happening, what now might be possible? And those things, uh, those things have really had, like things are happening for a lot of people uh, as a result of, of taking advantage of that opportunity. 100%. You know, we talk about all the time that, you know, it's like, um, you know, like in everything in history, right? Um, sometimes through a lot of bad, there can be a lot of good, right? And it's For sure. how we take it at the end of the day and how we can continue to move forward and roll with it, right? We can sit down and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting for anybody who had, you know, gone through a rough time, lost jobs, deaths in the family. Don't I'm not discrediting that at all. Um, but also as well, it, 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 it's a time for us to realize, okay, how can we capitalize on this as well and now make this, turn this into a positive and feel mm-hmm. our future and move forward and be able to continue to strive for success because, you know, it is easy. It is easy to just sit there and just say, you know what, like I'm done. Like everything got taken away. Like this happened, that happened. There's nothing for me, you know, but you can also take it the way where it's like, what if I pivot? What if I try something I haven't tried in a long time mm-hmm. or something I've been wanting to try? Or uh, what if I want to be able to spend more time with my family and I never been able to do that? Or, you know, what if I want to start my podcast for the first time like we did? Or, you know, what if I want to do- join this venture that I've been dying to do, but now but because of more time I can do it? You know, I think it's just like if we, if we view things differently too, I think we can also create that self positive impact in ourselves um, just by even asking those right questions to ourselves. Yeah, you know, it's hard because there are going to be things that happen in our lives that we just literally cannot control. There's nothing we can do about them. Things happen to us from the outside all the time. But then it's up to you to decide what to do with that, right? And of course, there are going to be, like you said, some things that just, you know, griefing is fine. Like you have to do that. You have to cry sometimes. But there are also things that you can decide how you want this story to progress, right? It's like in Back to the Future. Although we can't go in a DeLorean and go back into time, part of that story was true. The fact that like the things you did back then affect the things that are happening now. And we are always writing our story for the future at every single second, every single moment. It's like, what kind of story ending do you want? Do you want a happy ending or, or what? And it's going to be based on the decisions that you make right now. What's the story that you're telling yourself? And so much of us, so many of us are telling ourselves stories and believing these stories 
when there's no proof, there's no fact, it's just emotion and, and emotion is important, but sometimes it can get in the way of the logical progression that we should have 100%. Uh, and where we want to go. And I, I see that, I see that uh, back to the future hoverboard and the sneaks in the back. Yeah, the Air Max. <laughs> I was about to say, perfect timing. I was like, damn, he's got some Air Mags back there. Like, yeah. Big fan of Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Same here. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to have a DeLorean. <laughs> what, what would you say? One day. One day. You, you know, you've obviously helped so many people build out you know, some amazing, uh, phenomenal podcasts. What do you think is, you know, some of the things that really hold people back from starting their podcast or even get, you know, get involved in people's other people's podcasts, whether it be behind the scenes or producing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember the things I was telling myself, the stories that I was telling myself, um, you have an ugly sounding voice. Nobody's going to like it. The only person that's ever said anything negative about my voice after 65 million downloads is me, like literally, right? And if somebody were to come up and say, I don't like your voice, then I can just be like, well, then don't listen to my show. Here Mm. are all these other people who I can provide value to. If you choose not to, well, that's your own bad, right? Um, Learning to grow a thick skin is something that's important if you're going to be online for sure. But uh, in addition to that, I remember wondering if it was just going to be a waste of time right? Like, is this all going to be for nothing? Uh, I was wondering whether or not people would enjoy it. You know, I always want to provide something that's uh, informative and entertaining at the same time. And I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to do that. And I, having helped thousands of people start their podcasts, uh, know that that's that's a big reason why people stop. Um, Another reason why people don't move forward is they uh, question whether or not um, their audience is big enough. They're like, oh, well, I, I only have a few people on my email list. You know, I don't have uh, a big brand yet um, to support this podcast. Well, the truth is your podcast can become the thing that could support your brand, right? I know a lot of people who literally start their businesses on their podcast. They use the podcast to attract the right people to then learn what they might need help with and then go and build something or build a brand on top of that. So in fact, I have a student of mine, her name is Sophie Walker, literally started from scratch, know nothing. And then she created a podcast called Australian Birth Stories. So she's Australian, she's a mom, she interviews other moms about their birthing story, pregnancy, post-pregnancy. And she now has, I think, eight to 10 million downloads. Uh, It's become her full-time thing now. And like different companies and organizations in Australia require their employees to listen to her show. Oh, that's incredible. It becomes, that's like crazy. And the fact that she started from literally nothing. (laughs) It's like, that's, I always tell that story when people are like, well, I don't have anything. Okay, good. Now go and start something. Here's Sophie. Right. Um, Another one is, oh, well, I'm, I'm too niche, right? Like my thing is too narrow. Um, well, that's actually good. That means you're niching down. As I often say, the riches are in the niches. Uh, and I know it's pronounced niches, but it doesn't rhyme as well. <laughs> um, a friend of mine, Phil, he started a podcast, another student of mine, where he actually started a podcast to uh, just bring together the hobby of electronic handheld radios. Like, Interesting. you can't get more niche than that. Yeah. And something that's like almost old and dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there are people who are still into those kinds of things like handheld radios. You can listen in on emergency lines and those kinds of things. Uh, He started this podcast knowing that it probably wasn't going to reach millions of people. And guess what? He's now like a leading authority in the space. Different companies who still are involved in this are reaching out to him to want to get on a show, to give him free product to review. And now he has super fans who are in this space. So it's like, okay, well, there's another uh, objection crusher. Um, 
a lot of people also don't start because of the technology, right? It's just like, oh, it's scary. It's tech and especially people uh, of older generation. But I mean, one of my most successful students, her name is Dr. B. She's 60 plus years old. And although it took her a little bit of time, she was able to figure out uh, how to do it on her own. And now her podcast, which is about ADHD and helping people through ADHD, uh, reaches people in over like 60 different countries around the world. And she just like couldn't imagine life without her show anymore. So if she can do it, like, you don't have an excuse anymore, right? right? And that's like the the one thing I do when I'm looking to see how to do something new, if I haven't experienced it before, knowing that I'm going to get in my own way, knowing that I'm probably going to try to talk myself out of this scary, new, weird thing. Um, I look for other people to prove me wrong. Like factually, oh, somebody else did it before me. Therefore, it is not impossible. Uh, and then I have to just keep rewriting those stories. Oh, well, you can't do this. And I have to go, well, can I not do this? Like, why, like, why am I, why, why do I do that? So now what's really interesting is I look for those, those nervous moments. Like if I'm doing something and I'm not a little bit nervous, if I'm not questioning whether or not this is going to work or not, I'm probably playing it too safe, right? I'm probably playing it too safe. So I look for a little bit of fear, a little bit of uh, nervous excitement, or else I'm probably not in the right arena right now. Right. So Pat, how, how about those people that, they might look at you and be like, oh, but Pat started in 08, 09. I'm starting now. Like, I'm way too far out. Like, he caught the early stages of it. Like, how? what's your answer <laughs> for those people? My answer to that is there are people starting every day who are not putting those excuses in the way who are getting ahead of you because they are saying now is the time. Now, yes, of course, you could have started earlier, but I'm just one person. There are so many more people who are starting right now, and you're letting them go by. The other thing is you have things to offer that I never can offer. You have your own experiences. You are 100% original. I can never create something that you can create because you are you and you have your own experiences and expertise and knowledge and wisdom. Um, the other thing to share is every day that you let it go by without taking action is a day that you're losing out on an opportunity to serve somebody. Powerful. Imagine a person is drowning, right? In whatever analogous way, right? You help them through fitness. They're drowning in overweight. They're drowning in low self-confidence or whatever it is they're drowning in, right? And you have the ability to help them with your word, your message, your voice, your podcast, blog, YouTube channel, whatever. Imagine a person's in the water drowning and they need your help and you have a life ring. Would you tell them, you know what? I'm sorry, but somebody else has done this before me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help you. Would you tell them, I'm sorry, my audience is not big enough. I, I'm not going to give you this life ring. Would you tell them, I'm so sorry, I, I, I'm afraid of what might happen, so I'm just going to let you drown. You would never say that. Like, you would actually help that person. And your voice, your message can help people, but it will never if you just keep making excuses. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I love, you know, those, those couple points that you made there, like being okay with being uncomfortable, you know, and, and being okay with, not comparing yourself, you know, Mendes always says this great, like is, is, you know, don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 10, right? Like mm -hmm. too often, I think that we find ourselves like looking at our neighbor, or looking at someone and being like, well, they have all the stuff I have. It's like, but you don't know how long they've been going down that journey, you know? And, uh, if you're not, if you're not willing to, you know, be uneasy at, in some of these moments then you're not going to really get far anywhere in life, you know, no matter what you do. You know, you have to be okay with, you know, dealing with a little bit of chaos and, and mm -hmm. not always knowing what, you know, what's ahead of you, but, you know, taking that leap of faith anyway, because I feel like that's kind of the fun of, of everything that we do anyway. You know, it's like the unexpected. 
Yeah, and then when you get yeah. there, something's like, man, what I enjoyed the process. Like now I'm here. Like now I got to do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you said ab- about um, comparison. That'll kill you mm-hmm. when you go, oh, why not me? What? Why them? And you're right. It's like your book, your story is different there than their story. Then how can you even begin to compare? We compare because we are into the vanity numbers. Oh, you have this many subscribers. I have this many subscribers. You have this many downloads. I have this many downloads. But these are two different stories that we're talking about, right? And so the comparison game that you have to play is you versus yourself last week. You today versus yourself last month. You today versus yourself last year. Are you at least making your story progress? Not in any comparison to any others. You can get inspired by others and you should. You should absolutely reach out to others. You should absolutely be looking at what others are doing and then trying to incorporate the things that are working for them into your own uh, stuff in in your own style, in your own way, right? And that'll allow you to uh, have a better comparison you versus previous you. The other thing is that, like you were saying, it's about the climb or the journey, right? Look at every hero in any story, from Luke Skywalker to Harry Potter to Katniss Everdeen, did they always have it made right from the start? Did they did they have everything they need? No, they went through tough times, and that's why we love them, because they struggled like we struggle. Yet they come out of it on the other end because they've slayed those dragons or they got guidance along the way or what have you. And so I would much rather have a challenge and then – conquer that challenge and be that much more bigger, that much more confident, more grown as a result. Um, It's almost similar to there was a study done, and I don't know if this is a good comparison or not, but I remember reading a study about hotels and their rankings that people gave them, right? Um, Hotels that made mistakes but then were able to recover from those mistakes actually ranked higher because they show that they were able to sort of accommodate to people and the things that went wrong. So, just because things are going wrong doesn't mean it's a failure. In fact, true failure is giving up. Failure is it's actually a part of the process because you th- those are learning moments. We're just conditioned, uh, at least people our age are conditioned to go, oh, F, fail, yep. right? Mm. Versus fail, okay, why? What happened and how do we make sure we avoid this moving forward? Um, failing are the curbs on either side of the road that help you go, okay, a little too far going this way, let's come back this way. Um, if you didn't have that, you, you're probably coasting at a, such a slow p- pace to just try and stay in the middle of the lane that you're going to go nowhere. Failure is feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's the best kind of feedback, right? Because it's, it's how, and you know, you touched upon this in your course, right? It's like when you go back and you listen to your first interview, right? Your first podcast episode. I mean, we've done it before and we're just like shaking our head like, oh my God, it's horrendous. <laughs> you know, like, what were we thinking? That's where we I started. Got, I got my little one in the back every now and you can hear when she was like, I think like a, only a year old, she's like crying in the back. Every <laughs> yeah, now, every like, once in a while. <laughs> and you know, and what you said earlier about like, uh, people always focus on like the vanity side of things, right? The numbers and everything, but you know, for us especially, I feel so rewarded when I can see the the type of change I've made in my interview style, right, in the way that we flow together, you know, mm-hmm. and how we're able to incorporate what you guys as, as our guests are doing uh, into our show. It's, yeah. you know, that's what I find is like, man, like I'm, I'm getting so much better at the process of interviewing, of being a podcaster. Like that's what I find rewarding about, about the whole, you know, journey that we've gone down. For sure. I mean, think of any pro athlete, right? 
are they just like stepping up to bat and hitting grand slams? No, Mm-mm. they're working at it. They're, they're at the batting cages. They're working out uh, like a professional, right? Somebody who really wants to be at the top of their game. And, and uh, if that's you and you're just kind of like hoping that things will be good, but not doing anything about it, well, then you're just kidding yourself. You gotta, if you, if you, if you want to be a professional, a pro athlete, then you got to put in the work. You got to put in the time. You got to strike out every once in a while, even professionals strike out. Right. The people who are in the major leagues, they strike out mm. and they have slumps, yet they keep going. They keep working at their craft. And of course, you know, some people leave and some people come and, and, and they're they're all stars. But, um, you know, do you want to be a pro at what you do or do you yeah. just want to kind of like sit and hope? One hundred percent. And it's so it's so right that you said that because it is in the reps, the 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 success is in the reps, the success is in the mistakes. And if yeah. you're not going through that. You're never going to experience true success. You know, people think that who, success is success. No, mistakes equal success. Exactly. And you'll do, learn have to, you, like, capitalize on it. Do you guys know who Harry Mack is? Yep. Yeah, freestyle rapper. Right? Yeah, he's and, the best. And, he's a legend. Dude, so good. And he goes on a Meagle, and he meets random people, and he's like, hey, give me three words, and he just spits bars, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. Like, you should – it's highly entertaining. And then people go, how, how do you do that? Like, how, how do you do – he always goes, yeah, I've been practicing – every day for 18 years, right? That Like, he just says that. And I remember one time I was uh, listening to one of his tutorials on how to spit bars because I was like, ooh, that'd be kind of fun. Um, <laughs> All right, shoot us, shoot us. Yeah, up. we got to hear shoot some Pat no, Flynn bars. No, we're good, we're good, we're good. Uh, I don't know if it'd be rated properly for this show. But, um, <laughs> hey, you can say whatever no, I'm you kidding. want. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had talked about, like, when he, because he was a, a jazz musician, he was a drummer. And he was like, uh, you know, when he was in school learning how to drum, you could always tell who was practicing versus those people who were probably not going to be at the top of their game. Because when he would go to the um, practice rooms, right, you, you, there was only one practice room, he said, and you would hear the drummer before you if you got in early and you kind of have to wait for your turn. And he said he always knew who was uh, just kind of like um, who, who was working on their craft because they, they sounded like crap. When he would go and listen in on other drummers, the ones who were working on those tough parts who were starting over and restarting over, who were just didn't even sound like they were playing a song, you knew they were working on it. And those are the people who became the top drummers. Versus if you're listening to somebody in the practice room and they're just like playing like a performance, they're just playing the parts that they're comfortable with. Mm. And I think too often we're in a rehearsal room playing what we're comfortable playing because we want it to sound good. We want it to look good where you got to work on that craft and you got to go through the reps, like you said, and it's not pretty, it's not fun, but that's what separates those who succeed and those who are just kind of, you know, coasting and complacent. Doesn't have to be sexy all the time. No, no, no. I mean, hopefully not, not most of the time. Right. Cause, cause that's how you really, I mean, like you, you brought up the, the reference of major league baseball players, like batting 300, you're in the hall of fame. Oh yeah. You know, you don't even have to really, yeah. you don't have to hit, you know, 90 home runs. You hit, 25 home runs a year you're a pretty good player you know so yeah for um, sure and you think about it it's like when they're up at bat they're not even thinking anymore right mm-hmm. or when harry max flowing he's not calculating all that stuff is done in practice yep. but when you do it enough you get your ten thousand hours in right like as malcolm gladwell says you've now trained yourself to be able to show up when you need to show up uh, and showing up doesn't have to be at bat in front of a crowd. Showing up doesn't have to be, um, you know, flowing on a microphone or anything like that. It can be when you're with your team in business and you know how to handle situations. It could be when you're behind the microphone telling a story. It could be when you're with your kids. It can be anything. Um, if you care something about something enough, 
put in the work. And sadly today, especially with some of the maybe younger generation or, or whatever, um, you know, who were handed everything when they were little and, you know, with helicopter parents and whatnot, it's just like, that's a struggle now because that's not how they, how they were taught. Um, we, we're losing a little bit of that grit, I feel. I agree. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. hundred percent. I grew up in the country and, you know, now, now being here in Miami or be, I wasn't, I was here in Miami for like eight years and I felt like I was getting like a little soft, you know, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get back out into the country. Like I can't be going to the beach and then just like going into a beach chair and having someone feed me drinks, you know, like that well, now, now doesn't PR, feel so right. You're, you're, you're getting back to work with yeah, the hands. Yeah. Now I'm back in the countryside. <laughs> so I feel pretty good. Gotta sweat it out, right? Yeah. That's there right. we go. There we go. Um, I wanted to to talk to you about you know super fans. I I really love that book that you wrote. You know honestly because it 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 opened my eyes to, um you know because obviously Mendes is a huge you know influencer in health and fitness and I you know I don't have the profile he has but you know you really through that book gave me a ton of confidence to to be able to maximize my ability to you know help the audience that I did have right mm. and and make them feel like they are wanted in my community, you know? Um, what, what you know, gave you that aha moment? Like, I don't need to have, I mean, obviously you have a very big platform, but it wasn't always like that, you know? So when did it really yeah. click for you? Like, man, I got I to gotta just treat the people who are in my community the best I possibly can and, you know, get them super involved in the things that I'm doing and make them feel like they're, they're a big part of, you know, the process that I'm going down as well. Yeah, I mean, I tell this story in the book, and this was actually pre-smart passive income, pre the community I have now. This was in my architecture uh, exam days, and it was a woman who emailed me. So I was helping people pass this exam through study guides and stuff, and every once in a while, people would email me, and I'd uh, try to support them. And this one woman, Jackie, I remember, because she had so many questions, right? She had a ton of questions, and I just kept pouring into her. And what happened was she ended up passing the exam. She was so thankful that she sent me an email super long. It was like an essay. Uh, but at the end of the email, it said, your biggest fan, Jackie. And I was like, your biggest fan? Like, I just helped you pass an exam. How could you be if, like, I'm not a celebrity or a musician or anything like that? But I just kind of let that pass over because I thought it was just strange. And then several months go by, and I noticed that I had, uh, within a week, like, 25 people from the same firm that she was at because they all have the same email address. Uh, they all purchased my guide at the same time, essentially. And I was like, what happened? So I reached out to Jackie, and she was like, so did you see it? And I was like, what? And she's like, uh, you should have got a whole bunch of sales from my, my uh, coworkers. And I was like, yeah, I did. What happened? And she's like, I convinced the whole office to buy your guy. <laughs> Amazing. And I was like, dude, thank you. Like, that is so sick. And that happened months later. It wasn't like I'm going to respond to Jackie's emails so that she will do these things. That was just organically what happened. And that taught me that if I can just pour into the experience of one person, if I can use the internet to have that same experience with maybe more people at the same time, then this can't help but come back in some way, shape, or form down the road. And it always seems to happen that way. When you serve, you 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 get rewarded, right? Um, serve first is what I always And so when I built Smart Passive Income, which became a little bit more connected than my architecture stuff, because once people passed the exam, it was like, okay, they're moving on. Now it's like I'm helping people grow businesses with the podcast, YouTube channel, whatever. People are wanting to connect with each other and I'm creating community and, and creating a, a shared language and a culture. Um, it's just heightened that even more because I've never spent any money on ads. All of the growth has really happened from people on the inside or who have found me to go, yo, you got to check this out because this guy's doing it differently. Or wow, this person responded to my message or this guy sent me a DM on, on uh, Twitter out of nowhere like, 
you got to check them out. And now when people are talking about, well, where do I start a podcast? My name always comes up. Now when people are like, oh, well, how do you do email marketing? Oh, check out Pat's email marketing magic course. Um, it's just naturally what happens. And so uh, my goal is to just lean into creating experiences because the truth is like when you, when you get a fan, right, it's like they're going to go to at bat for you. There's a lot of baseball analogies today. Um, <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna market for you without you even asking. They're gonna buy your stuff. They're gonna be like, like Apple, right? The Apple fanboys. They line up before the next phone comes out, like three days before, because they just want the new thing. Um, they're gonna be customers who buy from you without reading the sales page. If you have any uh, haters or trolls in your community, like boom, they're gonna be up there on the front lines, like defending you before you probably even know they exist. And it's, it's such an amazing thing. And you don't need very many of them. That's the thing. You don't need millions of subscribers. You don't need millions of followers. You just need a thousand true fans. And big shout out to Kevin Kelly. He wrote an article that was inspirational to me back in 07 uh, or 06 called a thousand true fans. And there's some math here. Easy math. You get a thousand true fans like I just described. Imagine they're paying you a hundred dollars a year. That's less than $10 a month. And many of us spend way more than that on things we're fan of, fans of, right? So your art, your craft, your service, your expertise, whatever it might be, a hundred dollars a year times a thousand true fans, that's a six figure business. It's a hundred thousand dollars. And the cool thing is that's one fan a day for less than three years. So some people work their entire lives to get to the point where they could retire and eventually have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars plus a year coming in. But if you focus on those experiences to build one fan a day, to make somebody feel special today, every day for less than three years, that's a thousand true fans right there. And those fans are going to bring more people in with, uh, with, with their endorsement of you and they're going to come in and it's going to grow internally from the inside. Right. And when you think about where most of your sales, where's most of your conversation, where's most of your engagement coming from, it's coming from the top of the, the, those people who are within the community and that can grow your entire brand and community. And like you said, making people feel like they're a part of something is really w w like one of the secret things. It, and it doesn't take much. Uh, people, are not feeling like they belong to anything nowadays or they're not feeling heard. And if you just give a person just a little bit of your time uh, or you speak the same language as them or you give them a quick win of some, of some kind that helps them move forward. I mean, now you've got them and it's, you know, they're not created overnight. Like you don't hear a song and you're an immediately a fan of the band, but you know, you might turn it up the next time you hear it on the radio, you might buy their album or whatever, or have it on repeat on Spotify and then come come the time when their concert shows up in your town, you're going to go buy tickets because you've had that experience with them. Same thing can happen with you, no matter what it is you serve people with. Uh, it's just such an incredible thing. And then, um, yeah, I could go for days about this. It's just, I get really passionate about this because this Love is it. to me, business insurance. Like this is the, so many people are like search engine optimization. Like let's pay for ads to get more people into the brand and bring people to the website. And that's kind of important. But what happens when people get there? Retention. I would much rather, you know, have the few people that arrive feel so special that they can't help but bring more people in for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we got our start obviously in health in the health and fitness industry. And, you know, there's a, there's a big saying where we come from is a lot easier to keep a client than get a new one, you yeah. know? So yeah. you can, if you can, no matter if it's, you know, one or 30 or, or 3000, right. In, pour in, pour Treat in. them all like gold and, and, you know, you'll be fine for forever. And something you said to like organic, you know, I love that, you know, because mm -hmm. um, it's something I even teach my clients when building their health and fitness businesses online uh, using social. And I'm, I push the organic. I tell them all the time. I was like, yeah, 
ads, funnels, websites, email marketing, they all serve their purpose. There's a reason why they're there. But if you don't have an organic foundation that can pour in and fuel you every single day organically, mm-hmm. like all this stuff is not going to bring you exactly what you think that you're, that you think you're going to get out of. You need to have an organic exactly. core of those, you know, what you call super fans of people who believe in you every day that pour into you because you pour into them and that you had that relationship and it's patience. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. ask like, oh, but how do you have the patience to sit there and DM all these people and comment in it? I was like, because I'm building, um, building reinforcement on the people that I know are always pouring into me and I'm always going to keep pouring back into them because I know in the long term, I'm going to end up being able to impact them more. And I know mm-hmm. that they're going to always come to me because I've impacted them. And when you do that, it's it's a long-term effect. And I think a lot of people want to play the short-term game and not the long-term game. You know, the same thing when it comes to health and fitness, especially Miami. Everybody wants just the quick, feel good, look good. Right, they don't right. want to mm-hmm. They don't want to do the actual long-term work of it. So that way, in the long run, you're still walking and moving and running and p- picking up your ki- your grandkids eventually, if you have grandkids, without pain. Right. Mm-hmm. But we all want that short term satisfaction. So, so I, I look at it that way. It's so funny that you pre- presented that question as like, how do you have the patience to do this? That's, uh, I don't know. That's just kind of, it's interesting. That kind of rubs me the wrong way. Not like that I would hate anybody who says that, but it's just like you're taking the wrong approach with this. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you should be, you should feel blessed that people are wanting to chat with you and, and talk with you. You should, you should feel gratitude. I, I mean, it. people, attention today is the number one currency online mm-hmm. and you're getting it and you're like, oh, I don't have the patience to connect with these people. Dude, that's the wrong way to think about it. You have the blessing of having people know who you are and reach out to you. This is a perfect opportunity to warm them up more, make them feel more special. They're going to do a lot of the work that would be harder for you to do. In fact, it's way easier for somebody who's been in your program or who's gotten training from you to help convince somebody else versus you having to do it because people don't trust us initially. But when it's through a trusted resource or a friend, then absolutely, man, it's like, it's like, why wouldn't you want people to reach out to you? And this is a part of the problem. It's like, oh, well, because you don't want people to reach out to you, you're making it hard. You're, you're, you're putting that boundary. And yes, I understand putting a boundary between you and having you be too accessible. And then you're trying to charge for some stuff later. I get all that. But at the same time, um, when you build these true service, uh, based sort of, um, moments within your brand, uh, and it doesn't have to be one-to-one, it could be one-to-many. Um, that's when magic really starts to happen. And then you can build the community on top of that. And that's, even more cool because it's not just you talking to them and them talking to you. It's them talking to each other. Right. And like your brand can continue to flourish without you even having to be there. It's when you're at a baseball game again and your home team hits the grand slam to win the game, you're high fiving and hugging and, and, you know, uh, you know, uh, drinking beers with people all around you who you don't even know because you all wear the same logo on the cap. And when you, when you foster a community like that and you have a shared culture and a language and, you know, swag and other things like those kinds of things really bring that community together where you might not even have to show up anymore. I mean, I have, I have people in my community who meet up with each other in different locations, online and offline, and I'm not even present. I don't even know these things go on sometimes, but <laughs> I'm the connector. I'm, I'm, and, and that only enhances my brand, but it also enhances their experience without me having to be there. So when you have the community component, that's like, that's like, um, that's like uh, nitro, 
in your engine that's just going to make things move even faster. Yeah, and it's so funny that you you know that you mentioned like the whole referral system thing. I mean, that's how I I've built my in-person business with training when I used to train people in person and now online. Like I I don't have to get a lot of organic, you know, outreach going because my clients do it for me and it makes it a lot, you know, like you, like you said that I don't have to prove my authority to people because I have proven results and people that are hyped up and, and ready to like, you know, preach until their, their lungs collapse, you know, for, right. for me. And it's, uh, you know, it's such a blessing and, you know, to the, to the DM thing, Every time I, I get it so often, people are like, I can't believe that you messaged me. I'm like, and my first, yeah. my first reaction is like, why can't you believe it? Yep. I get it all the time. You know, why can't you it's believe that? Else is doing it. Exactly. <laughs> and they're why. like, well, no one, you know, I've been following, I've been following all these other people and they don't do it. I'm like, well, you know, that's all going to change now. You know, if you need anything, you know, you have any questions, I'm here for you. You know, and it, it, it does go so long because these people... People think like, oh, I got, you know, a thousand likes. It's like, no, you got a thousand people to believe in what you what you put out there, you know, it, no matter what the post is. Um, you got to, you know, oh, I, I only have like 500 people on my email list. No, you got 500 people that are dedicated yep. to like getting and having to go through what you're writing every morning. Yep. You know, like feel blessed yep. about that. Like you said, you know, feel feel motivated that like, okay, I started here. I started with three. I, I went to 30. I'm now at 300. Like, how do I keep growing this so that, you know, I can, again, reach and, and bring value into more people's lives. I, too, too often people chase money instead it's of true. chasing value. It's true. And I always say, too, like, you know, if you see that maybe maybe at the beginning when not many people are, are, are personally reaching out to you and following your DMs, how about you go reach out to them? Go in mm -hmm. those likes. Go mm -hmm. in those comments and say, hey, I appreciate the support. Thanks for liking my post. What was it that stuck out to you? You know, or, you know, I saw that comment. Thank you so much. What was it that you liked about my post? Like, reach out. Like, don't be yeah. scared to get get the community and build the community, right? I think sometimes we expect it to just fall on our lap as well because, hey, we're putting good content. We feel that we're putting value, but people aren't reaching out. Well, maybe you got to break the ice. Break the ice with the people, right? At the end of the day, yeah. it's, it's you building that foundation and community, so you got to start it. Start the spark. Yeah, that's called digging your well before you're thirsty, Right. You are creating these relationships and building a foundation of connection and community before you need it. And it's the point at which you start reaching out to people like, hey, Jim, I saw you like the post. Thank you. By the way, did you know I have this ebook? It's like, well, this is the first time you're reaching out to me is when you have something to sell. Well, too mm -hmm. late. Right. Mm -hmm. When you dig your well and you're already thirsty, you're, you're done. Right. You're done. Um, so the referral thing is huge. Right. And, 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 and it's like, people are a little iffy about, well, I don't want to ask my clients to ask other people. Well, number one, do you not want to help serve their friends? Right. <laughs> right. That's number one. So take a different story to it. Um, and number two, how might you create an experience that is so great that they're already going to do that for you before you ask? Right. Like how, like if you're not including something that is noteworthy and uh, worth sharing, then there's a problem. And if, um, you know, it takes time and it takes discovery and it might take a few clients up front to understand, well, what is really unique about me? I don't know. Uh, and you will have to have those conversations and you should. But once you find it, man, lean into that and then really go all out with it because that's where you get people to go, oh, but, you know, you got to check out this guy because he's the only one that does it this way or like, and they're just saying it at the bar with their friends or, you know, while playing poker or something. And it's, it's not, you know, 
when a friend needs help, then you're going to be the first one on their mind. So yeah, I mean, start small. And if you're like, how small, get one person, one result. Like, let's start, let's start simple. You you don't even need a website. You don't even need a a Twitter account or nothing. Get one person, one result. And that's going to teach you so much. It's going to teach you uh, where these people might exist. It's going to teach you how to reach out and have a connection with somebody. It's going to teach you what it's like to actually serve one of those people. And when you do serve them, it's going to unlock so much in your brain. Like, wow, I can do this for one. Let's go find more. And guess what? Now you have a real testimonial that's proof so that when people go, well, who have you helped before? Well, now you can, now you can share them. It just takes that one. Just True. takes, let's keep and it simple and just take that, take that one. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you, Pat, when it comes to the community building and, you know, the experience you have in this field for so long, you know, in the, in, in social media and the podcasting world, um, where do you see things headed to? Like from your perspective, like where do you see things headed to honestly, whether it's like uh, what you want to see or what you don't want to see and like, um, on your side, like what are some of the things that you would recommend for any other uh, social media user advocate and podcaster out there that they should start doing now um, in order to increase that organic reach? Yeah, I mean, for me, the future is, and it's kind of here already, but private communities as uh, to continue that conversation. We're seeing a lot of different companies come up that are allowing us to create communities outside of places like Facebook, outside of places like LinkedIn, places that you get to control. Actually, it's very similar to, and I would still recommend also building an email list so that you can have a direct one-on-one contact with people without the walled gardens of Facebook algorithms and YouTube algorithms and uh, Instagram algorithms. I mean, those places are still important, but we want to bring those people into a place where we can then nurture them and serve them. And then, uh, if Instagram or Facebook were to shut down, we'd still have access to that community. And that's why something like an email list and or a community on a platform like Circle or Mighty Networks or what have you, a place that you can control and bring those people together. Plus, a lot of people are just tired of Facebook right now and they won't, they, they, they're trying to find their people. And I think that's something that uh, we're at a time now where the technology can support this thing that's always been apparent for humans. It's just we are, we are herd mentality. We are group beings. We want to be with other people like us. And when we find other people like us, we want to stick with them. If you go to any conference or go to any party, you find the one person who has a shared interest, you're like stuck with them the whole time because you found your people amongst the whole crowd. And the internet, the internet is just this big giant party with a whole bunch of different corners of people. And you got to find your crew, you got to find your click. But when you do go there and don't just go in there and be like, Hey, you want to buy this Tupperware? You want to go in there and be like, Hey, so what do you do? Like, how how can I help you? Uh, That's how you approach social media. But then when you find these people, you can become the person that steps up and goes, Hey guys, I built this cool, really clubhouse over here. I'd love to invite you to it. Here's all the fun activities that we can do. There's going to be other people that are into the same things too. And you can feel safe. You can feel not weird. And we all share the same language. So come on in. Right. And I talk about this in the book. Uh, AFOLs, A-F-O-L, adult fans of Lego, right? This is like a very specified niche in a niche, not just Lego, but adult fans of Lego. They have their own name. They have their own culture. If you go to meetup.com, there's literally thousands of members around the world meeting every single week at different locations to do what? To nerd out on Lego. On the outside, it's super weird. It's like, please, you did not say that because I will definitely join that. (laughs) You don't understand how much I love Legos. Dude, Lego's so sick. Um, my, my aunt used to work at Lego in, in Connecticut. I, oh, man, it was legit. I used Dude. to love going to that factory. She used to work on the assembly line, like packing the, that is packing awesome. the boxes. Yeah. All right. So for people like us, it's cool. And we can share <laughs> that same language. But on the outside, send me, it's send like, me really? an invite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's free to join at meetup.com. But uh, 
like when you create these places, then they will bring other people like them too, right? So like, let's say I was in, uh, you know, uh, hugely into that world. Uh, I'm not exactly into that world, but if I was, I'd be like, hey guys, you can come to the next meeting. And then now the whole thing is grown and whoever facilitated that or created it, their brand's gonna grow uh, more as a result. And it just kind of makes the community even stronger from again, organically within, like we keep saying. Uh, and it's hard because it doesn't happen overnight. It takes work. Um, and if you think about like in internet marketing, we have these things called funnels, right? Like if you imagine a funnel, you pour in traffic at the top. Some of that traffic goes to a sales page. Some of the people on the sales page will buy, right? It's like a funnel. And the cool thing about that is you can set up systems so that that kind of happens automatically. It's just like pouring water from the top and it comes off the bottom and you have sales. And that's really cool. But when you're building super fans, it's actually an inverted funnel. And it goes up, right? You have a whole bunch of people and some of those people are going to become members of your community and some of those members of the community are going to become super fans. But guess what? You're going against gravity now. It takes time. It takes work. But if you don't do the work and if you kind of just expect this to happen, then it's not going to happen. So you got to put in the time and effort like we said earlier. But um, when you can hone in on the language that your target audience responds to, uh, providing them really amazing moments and quick wins or even just small personal reach, uh, reach outs, uh, that's how you can get there. That's how you can get there. And you don't need a lot of them to do a lot of things to support your brand and business. But um, yeah, that's that's the future to me is like a lot of these little pockets of the internet that are so highly engaged with each other where, I mean, they they have their own events. They have their own, you know, um, they have just their own structure. And, and it's like, you wouldn't even know it existed if you weren't even into it. Uh, that's the future. And I think video is going to be continually... A, uh, an important part, especially like live video, that seems to be more and more sort of things that we're seeing, not to say that podcasting is going away. In fact, podcasting continues to grow, but uh, in the future, especially with things getting faster, technology getting easier, uh, live video and broadcasting is going to be really interesting, I think. But as with anything, I think it's going to get to the point where there's just so much of it that it, it, it might take a turn or, or, you know, the cream will always rise to the top, but, you know, there'll probably be some other thing like, I don't know, VR or AI related, whatever. Um, the, the future though is soft skills, in my opinion, right? And, and if you want to talk about like education and whatnot, I mean, I, I would educate ourselves on relationships, experiences, empathy, um, support, um, you know, making people happy. And, and, and uh, it's those skills like, you know, factory type stuff. You see like now robots are taking over burger flipping joints and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just like kind of ridiculous, mm -hmm. but um, you can never outsource the soft skills, I think. And, yeah. and that's where I think you're going to want to connect with people on, you know, the relationship level. Mm -hmm. Well, and I really, you know, and I've, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I guess you could call me, you know, one of your super fans, well, you know, I, I thanks, definitely man. promote all your stuff. Um, but really over the, I would say maybe the past six months or so, right. You've really seen the culmination of all of this in, in your Pokemon channel on YouTube, right? Like you've been, <laughs> Crushing it with that. I gotta check you know? it out. Yo, you have to check it I out gotta, with the Pokemon I cards. Check that out. I mean, I got a deck of Pokemon cards. Dick, like the comments and everything that go into your, you know what I mean? It, people go nuts on those videos, right? But they, but they can see your passion and how, like, you want to bring, you know, all of this quality information and share your stories and share your excitement with, with that side of your community. You know, it's, it's so cool to see. And, you know, now having spoken with you, you know, on the, on the podcast and, Getting to hear the, you know, the nuances behind your thought process with everything. It's, it's I can like really see the, the culmination of that in the final product and like how, 
how you've been able to grow that Pokemon channel to, to where it is today, man. It's, it's incredible. I'm just using super fans as the guy, as the guy, like literally like I'm just doing what I'm, what I'm saying. And to one of you asked this question earlier, but, Oh, but you're Peplin, you started this many, I just started the YouTube channel for this Pokemon thing. Something that I didn't know anything about six months ago. I only got into it because of the pandemic and my kids got into Pokemon. So then I got really deep into it and I said, you know what? I see some things missing in this space and I want to bring it. And I'm just going to do everything that I did everywhere else that I know is successful. And I'm going to bring it into this new space. And six months later, we have 43,000 subscribers on the channel. I'm already making four to five grand per video when they're sponsors. We have uh, 400 members of the YouTube channel who are paying monthly to be a part of it. And again, it's just about making people feel special, making people feel heard. And I'm at a point now where we're making enough money where we're giving away a whole bunch of stuff. And now it's having this really cool effect. It's sort of like Mr. Beast, right? Where I can give away a bunch of stuff that brings in a ton of views, which then allows me to make more money, which then I can give away to get more views. To make, and it's just like, mm. it's a cycle. dude, it's getting to that point now. And it's, uh, it's really neat because even though this space has been around since like 1999, um, people are like, wow, this is fresh. This is I was new. obsessed so it just with shows Pokemon as a kid. We were, talk- we, we were talking, uh, we were in New York City this past weekend. My my mother, I'm from upstate New York. My mother came down and we were talking like about baseball cards. I'm like, oh, yo, can you please check in the garage to see if I still have my Pokemon cards? Like, I need those back. Please don't have to, please don't throw those out. my albums. Yeah. Yeah. All those old school Pokemon cards. I love the old school Pokemon uh-huh. cards. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's just incredible to see, you know, what you've been able to accomplish and, you know, the, the type of consistency and yeah. commitment that you bring to each and every one of your communities, right? Because they're all a little different and they all have, they are, yeah. you know, their own needs and wants and, and your ability to adjust and help, you know, so many people, man, is, is absolutely incredible. And, you know, like we said in the beginning of the podcast, uh, without some of your guidance, I don't think we would be 100%. here uh, today, you know, and, and have the success that we've been having. So, so really thank you Thanks, from the guys. bottom of our heart. Appreciate no, it. No, I appreciate it. They, thank you for allowing me to come on and, and spit a little, although it didn't rhyme. Hopefully it's helpful. And, um, I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, continue to serve. I mean, that's why I'm here. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, whatever I can do to help you guys, especially you two, uh, just again, thank you. Let me know. Awesome. Yeah, really appreciate that. Where can, uh, where can people reach out to you? How can they find you on social media if they don't already follow you? Hopefully they do. But if they don't, <laughs> I know, you know, I know there's a few of those super fans probably wa- watching or hearing, huh? Yeah. So, uh, well, definitely. <laughs> thank you. So, uh, where, how can they reach out to you and where can they, you know, learn some of the great things that we've been able to learn from you? Thank you. Well, I'm at Pat Flynn on most social media channels. Uh, Pat Flynn is the name of the YouTube channel as well, Instagram, Twitter, uh, et cetera. Uh, the Pokemon channel, in case you're interested, is, uh, is Deep Pocket Monster if you're a fan of that. And uh, Smart Passive Income is where all the business entrepreneurship info lies. And uh, my team and I were there to help and serve you with anything from picking an idea to affiliate marketing, email marketing, podcasting, webinars, all the things you need to not just cultivate an audience, but serve them well and get paid back in return. So, uh, thank you again for allowing me to share and, uh, I hope to connect with some of you. Yeah, Pat. No, you know, once again, you know, you know, I met you, I met you for the first time in the sense of like knowing who you were through Josh when he told me and I saw what he was, what he was doing for himself with you learning from you. And when he told me about the course for the podcast, like, okay, this is, this is insane. You know, and I, I opened up my teachable account with my students for my courses because he was telling me about you and I was like, damn, I was like, okay. This this is legit. I was like, and that's yeah, why awesome. I got teachable because of, of you. And I was just like, it's crazy because I'm thinking about the cycle, you know, of what one person does for another person. And it's so, mm-hmm. so true. 
Um, and there's somebody listening to this who's going to start a podcast, who's going to teach a course on something, and it's going to change lives, and it's just going to keep it going. So 100%. all we want to be is somebody who just continues that motion moving forward. We don't want to be that concrete block in the water that stops the ripple, yeah. right? And I think too many of us sometimes pretend to be concrete blocks when we can be water, like water and flow, and go with it and, you know, uh, hopefully uh, – Keep it, keep it going for everybody. So tear, tear the dams down, guys. Tear the dams down. <laughs> Love it, Pat. Like we always do on the podcast, we always like to finish off with a quick little burn around. Let's do it. Woo! All right. Question number one: Social media platforms. Primary, your primary one, your secondary one, and you got to get rid of one. Uh, primary is Twitter. Uh, secondary one is Instagram, and I'm getting rid of Facebook. In fact, I already have. <laughs> Love it. Question number two. What was the craziest and wildest experience you have experienced in your career after architecture, doing what you're doing now? So I was going to give up on my show, actually, in 2012 because it was feeling like a chore. I wasn't good at planning ahead. I always felt like after a show, I was like, oh, I got to do this again next week. So it was just like, is this even worth it? And right at the time I was about to give up, I got an email from a guy in Poland who said that I saved his life. My wow. podcast saved his life. And I was like, what? I didn't even – I never met this person or heard about him before. He told me the story about how he broke his legs. He was on his bed. It couldn't support his family, couldn't go to work anymore, was downright depressed, and he discovered my show. And he started listening every day, and he decided that through an episode that he listened to, he was going to create a, a big goal for himself. Because when, when I talk about goal setting, you want to create goals that aren't impossible but almost impossible because if you were always within reach, you're not extending yourself. So he decided with two broken legs he was going to run a marathon a full marathon, and there was one happening uh, a year after his injury. So he listened to my show every day. I'm not a physical therapist. I don't talk about that kind of stuff, but I was able to inspire him. And he sent me a photo in this email of him on two legs crossing the finish line of the Warsaw, Poland, 26.2-mile uh, marathon, holding up a wow. banner. And it was in Poland, so I couldn't read it. So he translated it. It said, thank you, Gabby. Thank you, and, and his kids. Thank you, God. And right there in the corner, thank you, Pat Flynn. Wow. And he was crossing the finish line holding this banner up. And I got to meet him several years later, and he gifted me this banner. And to this, to this day, that just if I ever am like, I don't know, I'm not feeling this today, I remember, wow, like there might be more, um, Michal is his name, there might be more people like him who, who never email me, right, who need me to show up every day. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep showing up no matter what. That's, That's absolutely incredible, man. I, I really love that, man. That's impactful. Next question. Who are you a super fan for? I am a super fan of uh, Tim Ferriss. Okay. He and his book, 4-Hour Workweek, were, were huge for me uh, at my start. Uh, I'm a super fan of uh, Ramit Sethi from I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And love his, that book. Uh, love that book. It's so good because it's like, it's not about saving a dollar here and there on your lattes and like, you know, making your own tea at home. It's like, go for the big wins. Right. And I love that. I love that. Um, and then I'm also a super fan of Elon Musk, uh, as a Tesla owner and fanboy myself, I just appreciate his brain and the way that nothing is impossible. Um, I, I'm not in agreement with all things Elon Musk, but just the way he looks to first principles to determine what the truth is before, you know, making an opinion about something is something I, I want to adopt more of in my life. Love that. Last and final question. What is the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today in one sentence? You can't do it alone. Meaning, 
I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the people that I surrounded myself with, if it wasn't for the mentors, if it wasn't for the colleagues that I asked for help from when I needed it. Um, and I try to always put myself in a room where I can be the dumbest person in the room to try so that I can absorb as much from others. Um, and as they say, you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. And if you've, if you're struggling and you're, you're, you're kind of wondering what's going on and, you know, maybe you ask yourself a lot, why not me? Uh, I'd love to ask you, who are you spending your time with? And you might find that maybe you aren't spending time with people who are inspiring you. Uh, and, and if you don't have inspiring people around you, then you can listen to shows like this one all the time. Like Jeremy and Jason, for me, when I started, they were the people that I was spending my mo most of my time with through the podcast. So uh, people, it's all about people. If I could go back into time and tell my younger self, one piece of advice, it would be try to meet and connect with and serve as many people as possible. Cause you never know the next person who you serve could be exactly who you need to know for where you want to go. Powerful. Thank you again, for Pat, from coming on really from the bottom of our heart, yeah, our hearts it. really means a lot. Um, you know, obviously being fans of yours and, and everything you've done thank for you. us, even without knowing it. So thank you again for coming on. And if you guys want to check out Pat's stuff, make sure you check out smart passive income. He's got a ton of amazing courses. If you love Pokemon cards, make sure you check out deep pocket monster an absolute <laughs> amazing channel and anything else you want to find from Pat, make sure you check out his platforms at Pat Flynn, pretty much everywhere you can find him until next time, guys, if you love the show, Woo. make sure you leave a rating or review on anywhere podcasts are listened to. If you watch it on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell so you can stay up to date on all the latest releases. We love you guys. Until next time. Much love.